Hi, this is Mark, and thank you for joining me on Words of Truth today. I don't know of anyone who hasn't experienced disappointments. I know I have. I can remember a time when I applied for a job, for example, that I desperately wanted and needed just to find out that somebody else got the job. Disappointment. Or for you, maybe it was a time you were planning a big once-in-a-lifetime vacation. You'd been saving up for it, for it for a long time, planning all the details, and excitement was growing just to have your plans dashed by some unexpected event. Well, that probably happened to a lot of people this time last year, right? When COVID hit and everything ground to a sudden halt. I'm sure that you can think of plenty of times when something happened that you weren't planning and you were disappointed. It sours your stomach. It flutters your heart. It pricks your mind. And some people get over their disappointments rather quickly, depending on the size of the disappointment. And other people struggle with it, becoming bitter, angry, even in despair. I remember one time years ago when I was interviewing for a particular ministry in a church. Everything looked great, and I was excited about the opportunity when that dreaded phone call came telling me that I hadn't been chosen for the position. Well, at first I was very disappointed, but when the initial shock settled down, I was able to turn to God in prayer and thank him for leading me by closing that door. As it turned out, I learned some things about that ministry later on that made me glad that God had shut that door. You see, sometimes God will use our disappointments in life to test our spiritual allegiance to God's will and plan for our lives. Did you hear that last statement? Let me say it again. Sometimes God will use our disappointments in life to test our spiritual allegiance to God's will and plan for our lives. It's in Proverbs chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, that Solomon wrote, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. This is a great verse in the Bible talking about the humility required in handling disappointments when they come. You see, while we make all kinds of plans for our lives, we always have to keep in mind that we really don't know what tomorrow holds in our lives. And the final answer is always in the hands of a sovereign God. I'm reminded of the lesson taught in James chapter 4, verse 13, where he's talking about a man making some business plans. And it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Now, here's a businessman who's making plans to do some business in another town. Uh, he's laid out all the plans. He's going to spend a year in that town. He's going to trade and sell his goods, and he plans on making a hefty profit. Now, we might think to ourselves, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, businesses do that all the time. You see, the verse doesn't warn us not to plan. 
In fact, I think it's a biblical principle to plan. But the next verse tells us the problem with the plan. This is what it says. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You see, the problem with this businessman's plans is that he was counting on his plans as being a sure thing. He didn't have any contingencies built into the plan. Sometimes my wife and I will watch those uh, home television shows where a couple buys an old home with a promise that the renovators will turn it into their dream home. You know, you've seen them. But, but when they start tearing out the walls, more often than not, not they run into problems. It's either electrical problems or plumbing issues or structural issues they hadn't planned on, and it cost them more money than they planned. Well, it's a good thing they have contingency funds because it never goes as planned. But here's a businessman who doesn't have a contingency plan. He thinks everything is going to go just as he planned it. And James says to him, you don't know for sure what tomorrow is going to bring. In fact, you haven't considered that your life is very fragile and you might be healthy today, but tomorrow you can get sick and die. And so James tells him in verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. In other words, go ahead and make your plans. That's okay. In fact, I think it's good to plan. But here's the principle. Don't leave God out of the plan. Be willing for there to be some changes in your plan. That's what I'm talking about when I say contingency. Make sure that you're willing that your plan might not work out at all. Because maybe God has another plan. So go ahead and plan. But be flexible to God's will and what he has in mind for you. Now, here's the principle I want you to see today. How you respond to disappointments reveals what you really trust and treasure. But there's a path forward when we run into roadblocks, and it involves trusting the protection and the promise of God's providence. Now, I'm going to make a harsh statement, just giving you forewarning. <laughs> but think about it for a minute, and I think that you'll agree that it's true. Here it is. We have a tendency to idolize created things more than the creator, and good does desires can be bad for us. Now think about it. Isn't it true? Stop and think about how many things there are in your life that if God suddenly took them away, how devastated you would be. What if your house burned down? What if all your things were ruined in a flood? How devastating is it when a spouse or a child dies prematurely? Again, our response to those disappointments we reveal what we idolize. I'm not saying we shouldn't be sad or we aren't sad or we don't go through a grieving process, but hear me out. Our response 
shows what we idolize. Now, here's the thing to consider. You and I can only see life in pixels, but the Lord sees the eternal plan, the eternal picture. God knows us intimately, and he calculates what's really best for our eternal God. good. God doesn't promise to always give us what we want, but he does promise to give us what will offer a long-term spiritual advantage. So, the way to respond well to disappointments is to ground ourselves in God's love, which he secured for us, by the way, by the blood of Christ when he died on the cross. I know it's an overused scripture, and sometimes it's not used very wisely, but Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, God keeps his promise for us for the sake of his name, and he protects us and guides us on the right path for the sake of his Son, even when the path we're on seems hard and without purpose. God is using every stone, every pebble in our shoe, every stumble along the way, every loss to accomplish his good purpose on our behalf. Closed doors and difficult circumstances are God's way of protecting us, and they are protections of providence no matter how disappointing they seem to us. God's love keeps us from those things that don't serve his higher purpose for our lives. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now those were words spoken to Israel in in a time of captivity. But I think it's safe to say that we can apply that verse to our lives in the same way today because this is the character of God. The great prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon, once preached on this verse and he said, God is working with a motive. All things are working together for one objective, the good of those who love God. We see only the beginning. God saw the end from the beginning. He knows every letter of the book of providence. He sees not only what he is doing, but what will come of what he is doing. Aren't those great words? You see, it's not only possible, but it should be a normal way of life for the follower of Christ to handle disappointments of life well. Time and time again, Scripture exhorts us to trust God with every detail of our life because His ways and His wisdom is above our ways. God says in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God sees yesterday and today and tomorrow All is one. And although disappointments sting, they don't need to slay. In the midst of disappointment, we should be thankful that God only approves what will ultimately be profitable for our lives. And if we don't get what we think we need in life, 
Well, it must be because God didn't see it as a requirement for our enjoyment in God. If it was, then God would have given it to us. You see, providence gives us the assurance that we only get what is necessary to thrive and abide in Christ. Nothing more, nothing left. God's protection calms our fears and keeps us from thinking that God made a mistake by keeping us from some good thing in life. And then God's promises ensures that every desire, every hope, every longing of our heart that's worth having will be more than satisfied when we cross the threshold into eternal paradise. I know that disappointment can weigh us down, but it doesn't have to crush us. When we're in Christ, we can learn to be joyful over closed doors because we know it's evidence, not absence, but evidence that God loves us as his children. I close with the words from that famous hymn, God Moves in Mysterious Ways. One of the stanzas says this, His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Thanks for listening. Join me next week. And hey, bring a friend along with you, somebody who might need to hear this as well.